0: Hey, what's up? It's August 3rd. You're listening to the Chasing Points Podcast with episode 65 already. Sam Favada with Brendan Hazelwood. What's up, my friend? How yeah, are
1: in My whole government. I didn't want the people know my last name. This is crazy. It's everywhere, man. Oh, shit. Just, well, all right. Well, hi, everybody. Googled. Hi, Sam, it's, it's it is true. It is Googleable. that is very, very tracked true. right now. This is. Oh, gosh. Thanks. Appreciate it. Now I'm a stalker. Uh, we're up, doing we're well, Sam. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Good,
0: good. Good, good to be back. Good. Here we are. A lot of uh, a lot of news. It is currently it's about five o'clock on the East Coast on uh, August 2nd. So the MLB trade deadline is about an hour from uh concluding there or, or happening. So we'll get you caught up on those trades. A lot, you know, trading camps underway in the NFL. We'll touch that. And uh the NBA lost a uh living legend, I guess is is where we'll start. The world here. Yeah. Um, you know. NBA legend Bill Russell, um, famously of the Boston Celtics, passed away over the weekend. He was, I believe, he was eighty-eight, right? He was 88, And I think yeah. we made the point a couple, a couple months ago. Maybe it was during the uh, the NBA seventy-five celebration at the All-Star Game that one of the greatest things, the great things about the NBA and being so young, is that many of their legends, their Hall of Famers, the the icons of the sport, are still with us. Yep. And when you think of that, like the, you know, having that conversation in February, the first person you think of is Bill Russell. So, you know, here we are, um, you know, lived a, a great and full life, was uh, a hero to many on the court and certainly a trailblazer off the court, a 11-time NBA champion, two of those as a coach. Um, he was 11-1 in the finals, which is nuts. Five-time MVP two-time NCAA championship uh, champion, Olympic gold medalist, and um, the first black head coach of any North American pro sports team. And, you know, received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from uh, President Obama in 2011. Um, yeah, just l- legend on and off the court. And uh, certainly a lot of condolences from not just the NBA, but athletes uh and and celebrities are, uh, across the world right now uh, Hayes, uh you know i know this uh this impacted you too pretty hard and uh just some thoughts on the uh the passing of bill russell
1: uh i don't even i'm going to talk about the basketball stuff but i just want to talk about this man as an individual and what he had to endure during the time that he played um and then even beyond that uh the fact that this man when drafted by the celtics which is a part of my hatred for boston outside of it being a beautiful city now um the history doesn't go unnoticed to me um and that's goes for many places in this country uh when it pertains to people of color people that look like me uh when he was drafted by the celtics They didn't want to sell him a house, so he had to move a few counties away, a few towns away, to buy a house. The first day that he got the house, these goons, these domestic terrorists, broke into his house and spray-painted the N-word all over the walls in his house. Not only did he have to endure it in his own home and fear his life that way, But every single time this man stepped on the court, each time, each possession, every time running up and down the court, he heard racial slurs thrown at him every step of the way. Now, I want you to think about it for those that watch basketball uh, religiously like myself or casually. And think about where we are now in that sport. To the point that these players are getting harassed by people and these players are saying, hey, get them out. Throwing them out of there. If he had that power back then, there would probably be nobody left in that stadium. But the fact that he didn't have that power back then, because that opportunity wasn't afforded to him, he had to endure it. And he said in his book, he didn't ignore it. He heard all of it, but he took it and used it. Now, some may not be able to relate to what I'm talking about here. And that's okay. This is why God gave us two ears and one mouth. It's just time to listen. In this situation, this man had to endure all that and and still turned it around and made this historic career in the NBA to be one of the greatest. No, not even just in the NBA. He is the only athlete in the history of American sports to have this many rings, this many championships. Individually, he is the only one. Think about that. This man has 11 championships on his own, two which we're coaching. And and did all of this during the time where his skin color was his downfall to certain people. The fact that that man turned that and made that into such a beautiful career, but then went even further to go beyond basketball and be such a huge activist and fight for so many pressing issues for many different types of people, but especially people of color, speaks volumes of this man. So I love what he's done on, on the court. I personally love what he's done more off the court. Um, but I, I just have to say rest in paradise to you. I appreciate you more than you know. Uh, for those that have the opportunity to get knowledge and be around him, Uh, I never had, but I can see from distance how much value and how people took the time to sit there and just listen to him and hear. Because I I honestly have to say this as well, Sam, in in this country, I don't think we value our elders like other nations do. And it's unfortunate because those are the people that have lived it and can tell us and direct us away from the wrongs. And I, I think we need to literally turn around and really value Uh, our elders because they have all the knowledge and that's a a great point man it's 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 unfortunate so i i just want to say thank you bill i I know i never had the opportunity to meet you but i don't need to you still reach me here uh just a kid from Newburgh. so thank you
0: yeah man that's that's great to hear and yeah as a i mean lifelong new york fan too not much love for boston although it's a great city um, but you know Bill, you know, Bill Russell's one of those athletes, one of those people that just transcends. You know, is all of that right? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. He was basketball to a lot of people. He was so much more to so many people too. I, uh, I think it was around Father's Day on the History Channel. Did you? There was this documentary called After Jackie. I don't know if you saw it. Um, no. It was. It was essentially like all right, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, but then it it really, it was a couple hours and it went into the careers of like Bob Gibson, Kurt Flood, and Bill White. Um, At one time they all played for the Cardinals and just break, you know, how, how those, you know, the systemic racial problems didn't just end with Jackie Robinson and the same similar, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, breaking into Bill Russell's home and, uh, you know, vandalizing it and just writing awful things and how, you know, you kind of just, a lot of people are just naive to the thought of, all right, this ended with Jackie Robinson. Right. And we're still seeing it. You're still seeing it today. And, and what, you know, these athletes trailblazers on and off the court, like Kurt flood, like Bill Russell and um, you know, Larry Doby and, and everybody had to just overcome yeah. and just to, you know, to make a living and to, uh, try to just play, you know, do what they loved was, um, you know, uh, was, was a heroic thing cause they certainly endured a lot. So yeah. Beautifully said, man. I don't think I, you know, I certainly couldn't say it any better. Um, and, um, uh, you know, your perspective is certainly, um, you know, valued in this. So definitely exactly. there's so many, um, so many great, uh, you know, athletes michael jordan what he said was was beautiful there was a lot of uh um other athletes but yeah when you think of just kind of living legends or legends in the nba like he's the first yeah person that really really comes to mind and just well wow. everywhere yeah. he went he won yeah it's just crazy like whether yeah. it was college the olympics here you know 11 rings um i don't even know anyone that's come close yogi barris had 10 but i don't know anyone that's even come close to that nope completely different sports yeah. um so yeah god bless uh bill russell and his family and this and celtic nation and and fans of the city of boston for sure um yeah um not to start on a a sad note but we we honor the life that that he lived and he's certainly uh it's not impacted. a sad it's not a yeah. sad
1: note in our in no. our culture it's a celebration and sure. we just we we talk about what he's done what he's impacted yes he's no longer here in the physical form but he's touched so many people that he is still here just remember that you leave a lasting impression when you're gone so do what you can do with your time That you don't have to be here in a physical form to still impact people look at kobe prime example it's not here anymore still affects everybody that plays in that nba right now great yeah great point so remember that as you Go on, and we count our days down as time is promised to no man. So, leave a lasting impact for sure. Yeah,
0: beautifully said, man. Um, so yeah, we're we'll, we're gonna switch gears to the to NFL here. A, a big weekend, big couple days. Yeah, um, in the NFL, you know, we, we knew we were gonna have a interesting show today with the trade deadline so close to us airing, and then you know just news left and right. So let's, uh, let's get to it. Uh, a couple of wide receivers finally got paid. The uh, Debo Samuel drama is uh, over for now, I guess. He signed a three-year extension worth uh, up to $73.5 million, um, which is just wild. It includes $58 million in guarantees, too. So it looks like he rescinded that no trade clause and and got paid I know there's some additional uh, incentives there for rushing uh, accolades or or yep. just um you know rushing stats that you would acquire you know certainly down the stretch Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers utilized him uh in a bunch of different ways there so be interesting to see how um how they do so now especially with kind of what we're you know uh we'll expect to see Trey Lance under center right Um, So it'll be interesting there. And uh, DK Metcalf signed a three-year, $73 million deal first with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, $30 million signing bonus there. Adam Schefter broke that news. Um, So that's, you know, not to be outdone. Debo got a half a million more. That's (laughs) some more guaranteed money. Thoughts on uh, these two, uh, you know, uh number one receivers just dynamic receivers getting paid pretty much every dynamic receiver young receiver got paid this offseason your thoughts on uh debo and dk
1: well they all should first start thinking tyreek hill because he was the one that started all of this for them so they should thank him um that's number one team so what tyreek or players over tyreek hill made and he was like oh no i gotta get that even though tyreek hill is the fastest in the league um and arguably one of the best. I mean, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league, but whatever. Um, smart for the Niners to give him money and pay him. Uh, he's He makes you go offensively, and if since they're transitioning to Trey Lance, uh, there's no way that you shouldn't have a guy like that on your team, right? Uh, you should probably pay him so you can have him in uh, Kittle. Uh, hopefully Kittle can stay healthy right um but just having those two just alone uh can be very very interesting uh that is a dynamic duo in my opinion and trey does have the ball he can make all the throws but we're just gonna have to see what happens with that since they've allowed jimmy g to, to shop around i'm sure he's probably not gonna get traded until mid-season uh but we'll see what happens i wouldn't even be surprised if the browns went out to try to get jimmy g for one year um if they could but uh, it's whatever his contract is left which is it is one year left right i think
0: i think stone so, right? i think so, it's
1: more beneficial
0: to just i think the niners can just cut him out right yeah and and save some money there i know he's he's making a good amount of money yeah um, teams
1: teams aren't gonna go for that if they know that you know there's no market for him right now um which is surprising because when he is healthy they he they win so i mean that shocks me but anyway uh dk um it always hurts to, to talk about him because he could have been drafted by my team, but the, the last team, you know,
0: pick in the second round, man, it's just wild.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's just so ugh, whatever. Um, he did talk badly about Philly though. So um, I'm not, oh, well, can't with, have I'm,
0: that. Can't have that.
1: So it don't really, doesn't really affect me like that. But uh, you know, if you're talking about the team, then I had a problem, but he wasn't. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy. He got paid too, but wasn't really the smart thing who you got throwing the ball to you. <laughs> that's that's my that's my thing is who you got throwing the ball to. And then apparently, I mean the Niners aren't gonna to want to trade in division uh to get Jimmy G there uh because I'm sure they do not want to see him multiple times in the season. So I, I'm just really happy for these young wideouts getting paid. Um they do deserve to get paid, uh, being that they're they've essentially take taken up what running backs used to be, right? Your running backs used to be the the guys that got paid on the offense and so on and so forth and it's my receiver's time now, and they're just out here, especially with how the NFL and the offense is now. So, good for them. I, I'm always happy for players getting paid. Um, just see what happens with this uh, particular incentives for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Um,
0: again, like AJ Brown, you mentioned Tyreek Hill, Devontae got paid. Um, I'm blanking, there's probably uh, even Hunter Renfro got some money this mm-hmm. offseason, so um, there's definitely a market there, and uh yeah, I, my first choice wouldn't be uh, wanting to stay in Seattle, but you know, <laughs> they opened up the pocketbook and that, and that's what happened. So um you know as as we mentioned, training camp is underway um, and we're gonna we'll be here every step of the way to kind of preview that. We have a really exciting uh NFL preview coming up in a in a couple of weeks. We're gonna tackle the AFC and NFC. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, any initial thoughts coming out of training camp? Any uh, we'll get to the big NFL news in a second. Um, the elephant in the room, if you will, but just on a training camp note.
1: Uh, I'm gonna leave my team out of it. I'm gonna save that for our uh, our special episode when we're running down the divisions. I'll talk about them there. Uh, but I I'm uh interested to see what the how the Patriots turn with everything that's been kind of going off and hearing who is the, who is or isn't the offensive coordinator for yeah. the Patriots. So I'm in, I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by two of the best running backs uh, in the league. That one would be my boy, Saquon. Um, and then there's Christian McCaffrey down in uh, Carolina. I'm seeing what these guys are going to do this year. Um, if they can stay healthy, we both know what they can do when they stay healthy, but I, uh, they have some new guys there, um, throughout the whole organization. So see what happens with that. Um, I am intrigued to see what Carson Wentz does with the commanders. Um, I don't care too much, but I am intrigued to see what happens. I I just curious to see, because in, in my complete opinion, if he doesn't do well this year, his career is over in the NFL. Um, definitely as
0: a number one quarterback for sure yeah
1: i'd agree with that Terry mclaurin got paid too yeah this is true this is very very true um i'm i really 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 am super i think the the camps that i'm paying the closest attention to is the afc west because that is the division to watch this year um and i know it's only you know training camp and then spring training but our our, uh, preseason excuse me but man uh, we do have our first game on thursday so we got the hall of fame game on thursday
0: jaguars and the uh the raiders i think think the hall of fame game yep
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so it'll be uh interesting there yeah a lot a lot to dissect as we mentioned i mean baker mayfield the panthers playing the browns in week one I know we can't go an episode without talking about Baker Mayfield. I I'm can't. sorry. <laughs> um yeah, just a lot of like camp battles and and different things. Like um I'm not really intrigued by any of these quarterbacks coming out of the draft. There really are not any QB battles. Apparently, Kenny Pickett looks really bad in Pittsburgh, like he's really behind. I've heard so it's mixed, it's Mitchell's job to lose there. Mitchell Pabrisky, I've so. heard
1: mixed things about that. I've heard certain days he looks really, really good and so oh, days yeah. he doesn't. I mean, I also heard a lot of great things coming out of uh, you know, that team that's in white and green and plays in the Meadowlands or plays in MetLife. I heard I've been hearing a lot of good things about that. Also, their tight end has been talking about he's gonna have a uh Joe Burrow type season, which he needs to pump the brakes. But oh you
0: know. Huzama? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson on and off the, the field is just uh <laughs> just having a great year, huh? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> no, I I've, um I saw somebody sent me some uh some of the bombs zach wilson was throwing in in the offs uh in in camp and he looked pretty good but again everybody looks good wearing uh gym shorts and a no pad yep. so yep. yeah we'll see there i guess i burying the lead here i guess you know a topic that we've talked about on this podcast for the last almost you know year and a half now at, at nauseam here's deshaun watson uh, the special prosecutor, arbitrator, um, a former judge, ruled on the uh, suspension the NFL is giving uh, the Cleveland Browns quarterback. He's going to be suspended six games um, to start the the 2022 season. There isn't a chance uh, for the NFL to appeal. At that point, uh, I guess Roger Goodell would, would give that decision. What's interesting about this here is that and and something I wasn't aware of when we first talked about it off the air, uh, Hayes yesterday, mm-hmm. was that this is a new process for the NFL. It used to be, uh, you know, that the players signed in the last bargaining agreement their their life away, really, and just let Roger Goodell be the judge, jury, and executioner. And uh, now he's he's relinquished some of that power as, uh, um, you know, there's this uh, arbitrating process, arbitrator um third party making these decisions so it's kind of like a, a clean slate i think the thing that comes to mind is like calvin ridley of the, the falcons just got suspended for betting you know fifteen hundred dollars there's yeah. been uh he's got suspended for a year there's been uh the hopkins got suspended the same amount of games as as the sean watson for you know traces of peds and his <laughs> his uh you know blood sample or whatever blood test and, uh, you know, here's Deshaun Watson allegedly, you know, um, harassing up to 24, 25 women and, and getting six games here. Um, thoughts on this, certainly the Browns were prepared for this. They signed him to, a his, his base salary is only a million dollars. So he's going to lose six game checks there, but he still got, he still got paid all of his money and signing bonuses, but your thoughts on, on Deshaun Watson, uh, how this process went down and what do you think is going to happen next with the league?
1: Um, I don't know, man. It's, how can I say this? I, I know you told me that there's a new process, but this is just like, to me, business as usual with the league. Um, and there's always a bunch of messy stuff that happens in the NFL. Um, it's never something that, ever really makes sense to me at times. Like, as you mentioned, Ridley goes and has a, a year suspension for betting, and then Deshaun is brought up on 24, uh, I, I guess, accusations would be the proper term, um, and all out of, outside of court. So there's no fine a part of this, by the way, just to be very clear about that. Um, but now it's it's up to Roger Goodell, as you mentioned. Um, I just feel that the NFL had to do. I mean, no matter what, this is where I'm going with this is because I don't believe in the NFL when it comes down to ruling, because at the end of the day, it's protecting the shield and their bottom line. So if it ain't about money, they they don't really care. And with Deshaun being the the main headline, even with all these wide receivers getting paid all this money the thing that everybody keeps talking about and going back to is this Deshaun Watson the situation so how do you make it disappear sam okay you suspend him for six games which as you mentioned this will be finally decided by roger goodell but you suspend him for six games what do people have in this country let alone over the whole entire world short-term memory you're six weeks into the season, whatever headlines is taken over, because we, you and I both know when it comes to football, once it starts, whatever is happening that week, whatever team's winning, that's the main headline. That's what takes over. So they have six weeks to not have to worry about anybody talking and they're going to talk about it, Deshaun but it's not going to be the first thing that's talked about. So we get six weeks to have this problem disappear and we can make our money and get rolling. And by time week six comes out and he comes back on the, on the field, if that sticks, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Really like that. We'll talk about it probably for that week or two. And then all we're going to talk about is we're going to switch the narrative. And this is going to be about the Browns winning or can the Browns still make the playoffs and so on and so forth. Right. This is a strategic plan to me. Uh, to to worry and protect the shield of money. Like it just, at at the end of the day, if you're really trying to do right by the fans, and I understand he wasn't proven guilty, he did settle outside of court, we're not there. Sam and I have talked about this on numerous occasions. We're not lawyers. You're innocent until proven guilty. There's nothing that he technically was proven guilty for or there was any court cases, but he settled outside. Um, It's just a messy situation. So, how do you make messy situations go away a pr thing just like what happened with travis scott even though i still don't believe it's his fault but you can argue whatever you want to what happened he disappeared for a while stayed out of the limelight now he's back promoting music promoting his sneakers and it's like it never happened this is right. this is what we are as a a country in totality is we forget about things and then people go on with their lives and i'm not saying to forgive and or forget um that's up to you i'm not the ruler of the court of the public public opinions but this is how i see it and how i perceive it so i mean i just feel as business as usual for the nfl and it's just to protect their bottom line
0: yeah no the the gambling thing with kelvin ridley it's like the integrity of the game yep. is at stake there yep. right? mm-hmm. you can make that argument the sports have always come down very hard on on this especially now with legal gambling happening pretty much everywhere mm-hmm. um and you know Pete Rose is still not in the Hall of Fame and probably won't be until he he dies and it's just how that's gonna go right um so so that's one thing yeah this is by week you know it's we're gonna get a buzz and in, in week six or seven with this story the pen you know it looks like the Browns have a pretty. uh an easier part of their schedule, at least the first six games, they play the Panthers and the, um, the Steelers and the jets. And, um, I think the Steelers is probably the only real tough game in there. I, I, I apologize. I'm not, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but certainly if they Jacoby Brissett or whoever's under center gets off to a bad start, then we'll have that They'll have that conversation. I'm not really interested in the conversation (laughs) anymore, but, um, you know, and again, we are a sports podcast we do venture outside the world of sports but for this conversation we're really just talking about Deshaun Watson on the field because as you mentioned Hayes we weren't there we don't know what's happening I haven't I didn't even
1: read you know all of the appeal yeah um, we don't we don't know how much he settled for which yeah. they're they're not going to do that I'm sure that is they sign NDAs to not disclose that um, so yeah there's a lot that we don't know there's a lot that we may never know um so in, in that case I mean it it yeah it's just business as usual for them uh, yeah and I I know Deshaun
0: like there's people you know uh reporting that Deshaun's camp's not happy about this that he's innocent and you know again the two judges dropped these charges or any potential uh you know looking into these cases here there wasn't enough evidence or whatever um, and you know the Browns have to be happy with you know, just looking at from a football decision yep. like Browns have to be happy with this, right? Yep. They kind of expected this worst case scenario for them is he's out for the year and then they they figure something out whether it's Jimmy G or you know whoever so um, yeah, it's interesting There. uh at, he hasn't played, you know, he did sit out all of last year, but he got paid like $30 million. So it's not like he was really.
1: Must be nice to sit out a yeah. whole year and get paid $30 million. I'd gladly so, take that. But Give me $1 he's... million dollars to sit out for a year. Give me $100,000 to sit out for a whole year. I'll do it. What? Whatever. <laughs>
0: um, the, But the, uh, you know, the thing is he's, when he's playing, he's a top, top athlete quarterback in this game uh we've seen it with lesser teams now he comes to a team with a really strong offensive line you know Amari Cooper's there you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt um a defense that's getting um better and a really good coach and in, in Stefanski so be interested to see you know the long-term uh perspective of, of Deshaun Watson and the Browns look good um especially for a team that's been so plagued with with quarterback um ineptitude for since you know since they've been back in the league so yeah. yeah we'll uh we'll keep an eye on it but again you know we'll see what Roger Goodell is, essentially does here uh you know if the NFL is gonna want I can't imagine that I can see them appealing just to appeal but if this thing just goes away I think they'll probably be happy with it you know yeah, just
1: well, to, speaking of things that people wish went away is the Dolphins wish uh this tampering charge would go away and they wish that the loss of their first round draft pick would come back and steven ross probably wishes that he wasn't suspended uh as well Uh, i do know one person that's probably sitting here looking at this and chomping at the bit and that's uh my guy flores uh because he's probably looking at this like "Mm, see this this place is a little corrupt there i know it's not gonna I'm sure he's going to try to make an argument somehow some way with that. We'll see if that actually happens, but uh, the Miami dolphins will be forfeiting first round pick in 2023 draft third round pick in the 2024 draft for violating the league's rules tampering. So if you haven't heard, I, I remember reminding Sam on the, or telling Sam about this on the podcast because he didn't hear about it at that time was the dolphins were in contact with Tom Brady uh, to be a part owner and to have Sean Payton be the GM uh, and then also Tom potentially playing for the Dolphins. The problem is Tom Brady was still with the Bucks. Sean Payton was still with the Saints. So that is tampering. Uh, it's just like the Dolphins just can't stay. At least the owner of the Dolphins can't stay out of trouble in situations or is putting himself in these really sketchy, predicaments. I want to see how long his suspension is. Did you see how long his suspension? I think off? it's like October 17th or something like that. I don't yeah, know how many weeks through that October 17th. Yeah. 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 I don't know
0: how many weeks that is, but um, and, and he was, was fined,
1: right? 1.5 million, which, which is, you know, nothing whatever. to him. Yeah. It's a and backup then, running
0: back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then Bruce Beal, uh, the vice chairman, was fined $500,000. It would not be eligible to attend attend league meetings. So it's like the vice chairman got a worse punishment because he's not able to attend those meetings for how long because
0: like uh, the off season's over like they they've already added a new coach they've got tyree kill they've they have the fastest team in the league now the uh-uh. weakest part of that offense is probably their quarterback true
1: I, I don't know it doesn't say how long that is but i uh, did they
0: did they address the um the tanking aspect of this and O'Brien flores was pretty the, the allegations there was that steven ross told him basically was going to pay him out to to lose games did they address that at all i didn't really read yeah, the story yeah. they so. said a
1: bunch of people uh basically said they they didn't hear anything about you know the paid to tank a uh, situation so there's nobody uh that's stepped up and actually said that outside of uh of flores so i uh it just sounds it's just again to me just these owners they get themselves in some really really messy situations over and over and over again and i i just i i just can't trust any of them honestly i don't i won't i would never just nope nope except for the rooney family i would trust them um that's probably the only one um but yeah i think I think the biggest loss, especially with Tua being the question mark, like they're question marking uh, Jalen Hurts, is that first round draft pick for this year. That could be something that they could have used to get a quarterback or do whatever if Tua doesn't pan out. But I mean, that's the only thing that I can I can see that to me that I could really even care about. But I don't care about anything that happens to the Dolphins outside my father mm-hmm. being a fan, which he's teetering about on his own so there's that spy is he spiraling out of control no he's not spiraling but he definitely is has gone back and forth about i don't know if i want to be a fan of theirs anymore so yeah that's a whole nother topic I think they,
0: they have a, a couple picks coming from the 49ers for trey lance mm, okay. so i don't you know that probably wasn't impacted there but still yeah they put it you know tua doesn't stand up to you know what they expect him to be, yeah, you Bryce Young, you have the quarterback for us, um, for Ohio State, a couple other, it's going to be a big quarterback draft come April. So, yeah, you definitely, like, you want to put yourself in a position to uh, address that position if if needed, like your Eagles have done if Jalen doesn't work out. And, you know, I haven't even talked to, to you about this in a couple months, but uh I have to imagine you're still on the Jalen bandwagon. because Ain't going uh, nowhere. Yep, yeah, so... We're good there. Uh again, yeah, it's just it's the NFL keeps on moving. Um another weird situation here was uh speaking of guys got paid, the Kylo Murray drama you thought was over when he signed like a 230 million dollar deal, but apparently there was a stipulation in there. Original contract that came out last week that he has four hours of mandatory like study hall, quote unquote time.
1: Yep. Independent studying outside. Independent of the study. facility. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So um, that's certainly that stipulation was certainly put in there for a reason. Uh, I don't think that's boilerplate standard contract talk, um, but he did address that uh, and essentially it was redacted.
1: Well, uh, that also that was in there too was a stipulation is he's also prohibited to play playing video games or watching TV during those times. Uh, that seems to be the one of the biggest issues is that his productivity was going down because he was playing Call of Duty uh, too much. Um, but continue, because <laughs> that's.
0: I'm, I so mean, cool. that's. It's just interesting that it was, it was put in there, um, and it was then redacted to to be taken out. At, you know, you, you're a quarterback of a. You know multi-billion dollar franchise you get paid a lot of money but you'd rather play call the duty <laughs> you know it's just, it's hard he's a young kid he likes video games
1: it, it goes he's staying
0: out of trouble you know <laughs> it goes even <laughs> deeper
1: thing. than that for me sam um and that's what this leads into is the league has historically looked at black quarterbacks and said that they're quote unquote not smart enough or didn't let them play because they weren't smart enough to be a quarterback i've never heard this stipulation in anybody's contract before period but because he plays video games on the side and like you said stays out of trouble doesn't get himself involved just enjoys himself playing video games you're going to make him do a mandatory four hours uh a week to study independently yes I understand that you're investing this much money into this person, but if you are investing this much money into this person, why are you doing that? If you're concerned that he's going to potentially play video games, right? And you think that's going to be a detriment to his studying when yet he still was balling out on the field doing when he was healthy. And when, you know, nuke was out there catching the ball from him, so on and so forth. I I, I don't, I don't get it, just like I don't get the anonymous people that have been talking about Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and basically saying that uh, the, the guy said, <laughs> first of all, whoever you are that is anonymous. I know that's been a part of journalism for decades. Uh, you're a coward you're you're an absolute coward i have so many other choice words for you but i'll just leave it at that right now you're an absolute coward for saying something about somebody and and getting to be able to hide behind the curtain like the the idiot that didn't vote for Derek jeter um you're still out here don't want to know who that is still still do as well um still out here saying whatever you want to say like you sam do you know how i would feel if i could have like a megaphone and I can disguise my voice and disguise me. You never see who was. And I can say all the things that I ever wanted to say about somebody. And you like, never know it's me. And a documentary, you'd be like blacked out. Yes, like ex- a voice ex- changer. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like you, of course, people will love that, that to be anonymous and be able to say whatever they want to say, because you have no repercussions. And the reason why you're doing this anonymously is because you know that you're going to have to face these two quarterbacks. And you know it's probably somebody in division, and you know they're scared. The one guy said about Lamar Jackson that he doesn't care if Lamar won 12 championships. He still would not consider him a one. Well, you, sir, are an idiot because he doesn't need to be a one in that case to win 12 championships, which debunks your damn theory because if he's not a one in your mind and won 12 championships, that's more than Tom Brady last I checked. So... What are you talking about, sir? And then the other person said about Mahomes is that he basically, uh, if you scramble him or you pressure the pocket and force him out, he doesn't go to his second read. I've watched plenty of Chiefs games because, you know, they're televised all the time because Patrick Mahomes is going to be a Hall of Famer, and I've seen him do his second, third, fourth read. Um, So I just think it's a really, it's a continued insult that has never really left the league. Uh, when it pertains to black quarterbacks, and it's really disgusting to me. Um I wish these people would come out, but I know they won't ever. These are like
0: exe- like anonymous executives, GMs, uh, or whatever, presidents, or whatever.
1: Defensive coaches, do- defense. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. It's 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 lazy. It's 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 hurtful. Certainly, it's hurtful. It's racist. It's, but it's just it's just bad. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm not a uh, NFL scout but I've certainly watched a lot of Patrick Mahomes and a lot of other quarterbacks. And he is the most skilled at like trait wise, like uh, attributes, just what you would want in an NFL quarterback from, you know, from, you know, uh, his decision-making to his footwork, to the fact that he drops his arm to every kind of slot to make crazy throws. So yeah, he may, you know, I I know that you know that second read thing is just a lazy observation or just a um, insult, but yeah, he uh, he he does pretty well. He's he's pretty good at football. Um, <laughs> yes, and so is Lamar. And Lamar's gotten that you know whether well, it was Bill Pullian saying he should have been a running back or a wideout or whatever, to now you know the the big thing with him is he's small. Can he stay in the pocket and throw? And the, and the kids, uh, as the kids say, like, check the receipts there. Like, he he can. He's sure got can. an arm. He he can stay in the pocket. He doesn't have much to work with there. Now that Hollywood's gone, too. You got Mark Andrews and a bunch of unproven young receivers. I like Rashad Bateman. I think you do, too. But Jerry's still out there. Um, and a line that's, that, you know, failed... Lamar and the playoffs last year, yeah. you know, or not in the playoffs, but um, just in general, like,
1: I mean, this man had little, little bit of nothing to throw to anybody and he's still out yeah. here doing his damn thing. Like yeah. I think that should say and speak volumes to people about what he does. You tell him that he should, which is also another classic trope, racial trope here is, Oh, you can't be a quarterback. You should be a running back or you should be a wide receiver. Let him be a quarterback. He did. He won a damn Heisman being a quarterback. You've I've never heard anybody say that. Well, outside of Tim Tebow, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Yeah, Tim Tebow should have been a tight end. Ah, uh, but uh, the only person I can think of is Eric
0: Crouch. Remember him? He won the Heisman at Nebraska.
1: No, do not and remember him.
0: He was like a third round pick by the Rams. They want him to play like wide out or safety or something. But he ended up retiring. Yeah, he won a Heisman as a quarterback but he Mm. was not a skilled quarterback he was Mm. in the Tim Tebow like thing white white quarterback um that's you know yeah it's just it's yeah you're you nailed it dude it's just it's it's hurtful it's lazy it is um and it takes one guy to believe in someone and in this case John Harbaugh and his staff and Ozzie Newsome and uh, Eric DaCosta and probably the best run organization in football, or one of them. And you put the right personnel in place, you put the right schemes in place, and you do what what the you, you excel at what the dude can do.
1: I, I will it. just I will say this every time we talk about Lamar Jackson. The Eagles traded that pick to the Ravens. The Eagles had Lamar Jackson right there, but they wanted to give Carson Wentz. A chance. Well, they
0: they traded a lot for Carson Wentz. Yeah, I know. There was a they lot. Right, know you know,
1: did. I wish they. I wish they would go back and look. Just like they could have had Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf.
0: You're never gonna live that down, man. I'm it's, never gonna live that down.
1: So yeah, I can't. I can't. I tried. It's, it's just, on your brain. It's, yeah, it's always on my brain. Every time I see them just ball out, it just it hurts me. So, so yeah. Anyway, that was football.
0: And so, and to so the the Kyler thing, something popped in my head the only time i can remember something as silly as this you remember like the the, the things where the raiders were jamarcus yeah. russell yep, jamarcus, they yep. they gave him blank game tapes to study which and he did th- yeah it was the case yep and uh he he said he watched the game tapes but they were blank and he never actually watched them
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's uh you know what what that's, talent man to marcus russell that's LCA, a wild remember that
1: that's a wild wild situation wild wild situation
0: yeah yeah um crazy you know what else is wild dude juan soto arguably the best pure hitter in baseball having a down year average wise but you know just won the home run derby he did he, he, he did
1: in impressive fashion and by yeah that.
0: um he along with his first baseman from the nationals, Josh Bell, got traded to the San Diego Padres for originally Eric Cosmer. Now it's Luke Voigt and basically the entire Padres farm system. You have their number one prospect, two, four, five, and fourteen. CJ Abrams, who's in the majors now, Mackenzie Gore, who's in the majors but hurt but looked pretty well, uh, pretty good. He, you know, recently got rocked and has been walking a lot of dudes. They had him in the bullpen to to kind of regulate innings. Uh two stud outfielder prospects, Robert Hassel Jr. and James Wood. Wood's on my dynasty fantasy team, by the way. Um and uh right handed pitcher Jarlin Susanna for um, you know, arguably again one of the more talented players in the league. Um I didn't think they were gonna actually trade him. Uh I heard the Yankees had a shot. There, you know, the Mets were involved. The Cardinals were really heavy on them. But we saw the the asking price here. Again, the first, second, fourth, fifth, and fourteenth rated prospects in a very deep farm system. Uh the Padres weren't done either. They acquired uh all-star closer, arguably the best closer in baseball, Josh Hader, um from the Brewers as well. They just got uh Brandon Drury. They just traded Eric Cosmer to the the Red Sox it's about quarter to six o'clock uh Eastern time on the trading deadline day so these are the you know where we stand now thoughts on uh this blockbuster and uh what the Padres are doing out West
1: the Padres are serious um super super happy I had to text or message my friend Matt uh who's a Padres fan out there in San Diego and he's super ecstatic, and we got to talking uh, and basically bigging up each other's teams and whatnot. Um, they're good now to do things without even having my boy back, which means a whole lot. Um, For but now, I, I do, yes, yeah. I do do enjoy what they're building out there. Um, that's that's a that's Murder's Row. You have T- T- Tatis, you have Machado, and you have Soto. Like, what what are you gonna and and Josh Bell as well too? So, uh, what what are you gonna do against that lineup? Right, that's a very very stacked lineup in that case. Um, yeah, I I do like their pitching rotation as well too. I I'm, I just think the Padres are doing all of the right things to try to maximize the time that Tatis has there. Um. And, and i just they're thoroughly thoroughly love it i just think that for the nationals it, it's it's hard for me to say who really won this because sam and i have been talking about this and and all the prospects that the nationals got and sam indicating and saying how how highly ranked these prospects are i i think this is honestly a win-win trade um the nationals got prospects for a guy like a ton of prospect for a guy that is phenomenal player right but they're getting multiple people that could be that could help their franchise be something and potentially go back to the world series again right and then the padres are finally trying to be you know a relevant team since they went to the world series against the yankees and got absolutely demolished right so they're trying to be somewhat relevant again and uh i i really like it i like to trade for both ends man i really really do yeah the the padre
0: team's been aggressive for almost a decade now Mm -hmm. right like big big trades like at the time like uh um craig Kimbrell, remember that like will myers big trades back then um they've a.j preller is the gm of the padres and he's just been very aggressive they got sean mania from the a's to begin the the season and uh they just locked up joe musgrove uh Mm -hmm. to a five-year 100 million dollar deal and he's really like him yeah he's he's been pitching great he threw a no hitter last year mm-hmm. um and yeah that ro- that rotation's solid they got you da- uh you darvish they you know they went out and got him Ooh. um m- my buddy jeremiah who's um been on this podcast before had and, and i joke that they always get away with um getting like these superstars and not really giving up much in yeah. their farm system but now they they're definitely they paying had to. yeah yeah
1: they had to
0: um but you know they're they're in a tough they're in a tough division, especially with those Dodgers and the unlimited uh, bankroll that the Dodgers have. So um, sure. they're making their mark. And as you mentioned, yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. is not even starting his rehab assignment yet. So you're going to have him down for the stretch too. Um, definitely win now mode. Um, mm-hmm. And you you unload Hosmer's contract where he uh, he's making a lot of money for an average at best for Spaceman. Yeah. Yeah, and you sign Tatis to an undermarket deal for basic for like thirteen years based on his skill set. He's not making what the market should bear for him. So yeah, uh, kudos to the uh, the Padres there and getting. You know, we we brush over Josh Hader, man. Like this guy could have been a, a top of the rotation starter, and they needed him in the uh, in the pen, and he was their long guy, their two winning guy for a while, and guys lights out guys great um it's interesting like the brewers are in in first place too in the central i don't know why they they got rid of this guy now but you know good trade for them another really good trade and talking about giving up a lot uh the reds traded their uh ace their top of the rotation guy luis castillo mm-hmm. to the mariners for three of uh the top five prospects in the mariners system uh it's including a uh, shortstop outfielder Novelli uh Marte, who's probably going to be up next year um again win now mode for the mariners they're making a lot of little deals as we as i kind of have my uh alerts set up for just trade deadline deals here and they're going for it you know uh They've basically gone 17 and six over the last couple uh couple weeks. And the only team that can't be is the Astros. So certainly being in the same division as them, it's um it's gonna be interesting. But they're tooling up there. Um and I guess Casillo was close to being a Yankee, but the Yankees didn't wanna give up on Volpe or their number one prospect or their number two prospect, um Dude. Oswald Peraza. So um Yankees. basically seeing what it took to get castillo um have you seen this dude pitch i know he you know he he pitched well against the yankees recently uh Lame. just Thriller. yeah great great guy uh great stuff when um when he's on he's he's definitely on and uh speaking about the yankees our 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 baseball team right we're gonna wax poetic poetic a little bit uh what brian cashman and the yankees have been able to do over the last couple days they got outfielder andrew benintendi for not much from the the royals he's a free agent at the end of the year but you um basically an upgrade from joey gallo who they just traded to the dodgers for their number 15 prospect and and we were joking off the air i would take the dodgers ball boy for joey gallo at this point he's i uh, take the bucket
1: of uh the bucket that holds the baseballs
0: instead. yeah that's fine um it just didn't work out uh seems like a good dude but um you know you just can't you can't hit 100 uh 160 in the majors and have an on-base percentage of, in like the low 200s you just can't
1: i mean seeing the graphic of aaron judge at that point in time when he made a graphic uh having 37 home runs and Joey Gallo only having 37
0: hits yeah that was uh at the beginning of the weekend I think before yeah. judge layered on a bunch of home runs he but sure did <clears throat> yeah man uh judge that's a that's a totally other topic here but um the Yankees Yankees acquired uh the A's Frankie Montas and their closer Lou Trevino uh for four prospects including uh their top pitching prospect Ken Waldachuk Luis Luis Mendina, JP Sears, who's had some cups of coffee in the majors, and uh second baseman that you saw over the weekend, uh playing for the Hudson Valley Renegades, Cooper Bowman. Yes. Really fast guy, good hit tool. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on Frankie Montas and and what Cash has been able to do over the last couple weeks.
1: You remember when like when we started this podcast and we were talking about like, you know, Yankees pitching? <laughs> yeah. And you know what we missed in Yankees pitching. Cause as I grew up, all I knew was like Yankee pitching and watching the captain, by the way, which I'm gonna ask you about briefly. Um just going back down memory lane and just remembering all those years and seeing the pitching that we had and and the the lively bats to finally see the Yankees have offense because that's been a problem as a recent. It was either home run or nothing. Um and then it was Getting pitchers no run support or pitchers giving up uh, crazy runs in the game. Like now to see it all come together, I'm absolutely loving the fact that we have we have like I'm a part of the team that the Yankees have uh, big bats and then also big arms. Uh, so I I do love this. That it's a uh, it's always this with the Yankees anyway. Uh, a winner or go home right mentality, um, and I I do thoroughly 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 love that they did this um so i'm excited i mean i'm i'm still not excited that these guys all got a shave and all that which so <laughs> i was just trying to read why the yankees did that uh thank you um uh, mel steinbrenner um george Steinbrenner, george Primebrenner. runner you know all, all the steinbrenners because you're still keeping it going all that bull. Cool. um but yeah super super happy can't wait to see that um have you been keeping up with the captain
0: i uh, to be honest i only saw the first episode i know they're on my dvr i was dude i was in toronto last week and i was going to uh watch them and i log into espn plus and i couldn't get espn plus in toronto it was like what and i couldn't get netflix in toronto and i couldn't get disney plus in toronto there was a whole bunch of stuff i wanted to to binge in the late hours of the night
1: you don't have a vpn do you no yeah you should probably do no. that that's what my buddy uh
0: my buddy mike is the uh
1: vpn boss and he's suggested the same thing yeah you should definitely do that suggestion this is should be right here so nord vpn yeah Sponsor us. Sponsor us. This go out and get you a Nord VPN and you can watch stuff when you're away in certain places. But yeah, continue.
0: Anyway, Toronto's a great city. Recommend love it. it. Um love it. But the captain, yeah. Your thoughts on uh on that. The first episode was great. Um, I mean, I have you know, I have no doubt that this is gonna be a, a fun watch. I think they're up to like episode four or five now,
1: right? No, this this week is episode five, six. Okay. Um, and there's so, seven
0: altogether, right?
1: Uh Maybe, I think so. Seven, nine, I don't know. I hope there's more, whatever. Um, Yeah, the the last one was the World Series they lost against the Diamondbacks. 2001. Yeah, and they showed of 9-11 and what happened about them, hearing their perspective of them coming out of their apartments and seeing people walking down the streets and nobody saying anything. For those that have never been to New York City, me saying that people walking down the streets and no one saying anything is a huge deal because that doesn't happen. Um, and just to hear how they were talking about it and how they felt the burden on their shoulders to win it win it all and then only to lose it in a walk-off fashion, which, Lise Gonzalez, I will never forgive you for that. <laughs> uh, the walk-off fashion and how they lost that way um yeah it was, it's just a lot and and then hearing how Jeter you know operated and navigated through uh you know the the limelights in New York City and him talking about what I was telling you about on here and now, awful also off air as well about the time that he just missed being at that party with oh, he talked about J-Lo. oh yeah they talked about it it was it was very brief but they talked about it they basically talked about how they dodged he was he was offered to go out the night he said i don't really feel like that didn't go out and he would have been with diddy and them and his name obviously would have been in the, the papers which it showed his battles with Steinbrenner, um and the contract where he talked about you know you you win all these championships for this team and and only for them to come back to basically say you know you're not good enough and that was really directed at cashman so i really wonder what his relationship is like because he didn't dive too much in it, but you can kind of read between the lines of like what his relationship was with Brian Cashman was, and it wasn't necessarily the greatest. But Cashman had to do what was best for, you know, the team, and uh, yeah. And then also you get to see uh, Jeter and uh, A Rod's relationship.
0: Yeah, I saw some of those sound bites. Yeah, interesting. That
1: was very very interesting to see. See all that, so just yeah, I I just can't wait until you you watch it. Yeah, I will, but yeah. uh,
0: next week I will have it done.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool, I'm yeah
0: ready for it. Um, definitely. Uh, it's on the DVR. Good, excited about that. Um, yeah, Noah Syndergaard just got traded to the Phillies. I don't know did what you? the Phillies are doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just saw it. via mm-hmm. the Athletic. I think probably Ken Rosenthal reported it. No, I don't know who did. It says mm-hmm. the Athletic. So yeah, um. Yeah, so big trade by the Yankees there, Frankie Montas, Lou Trevino. They got a a rookie reliever from the Cubs uh, yesterday too. They gave up, uh, um, you know, one of their top pitching prospects too. It's you mentioned like powerhouse pitching by the Yankees. It's you know haven't done a great job of developing pitchers. Yep, Severino comes to mind, Domingo Herman, but otherwise, you know, you go out and you get Garrett Cole, you get JMO. J- J- um, Montgomery, you grew in your farm system, but we never really did well there. But you know, you can just trade for for big I, pitching. Um, be honest,
1: I don't know if I really like. I don't actually. I'm not. I don't know. I don't really like Jordan Montgomery. Just gotta be honest with you. No. 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 Did you do something to you? No, I just don't. I, every time I see to watch his games, it's just. I know he doesn't get too much run support, but yeah, I just don't like yeah I just don't like his game that's that's just it but I mean it's okay I don't have to like everybody on the team like I didn't like no neck but you know whatever yeah that's over um Astros
0: <laughs> also got Trey Mancini from the Orioles and Red Sox catcher Christian Velasquez Vasquez who was uh being in did you see this he was being interviewed in Houston because the Red Sox are playing Astros by the uh Red Sox beat reporters and then had to be ushered off the field completely confused, realized that he was traded to the team in the other dugout. He they're Which playing the awful experience.
1: They're playing the Astros and he yeah. was in the meeting, the Red Sox meeting earlier that day. Yeah. About how they were trying to move forward with being the Astros. And he gets traded to that team. Like who I didn't felt think so this bad through? Yeah. He, he kind of got notified
0: while in the like media scrum that he's being, you know, moved and he was completely confused and, probably upset about the situation I'm sure uh so y- you hate to see that in happen in real time there but uh any other thoughts on the trade deadline um uh, you know we're coming up on six o'clock here Eastern time uh you know trades tend to trickle in if anything before we wrap up anything big happens we'll certainly address it but
1: yeah
0: thoughts um, on the deadline
1: I mean I, I always love deadline trade deadlines so I just love to see it's like the time to shine for a GM, right? It's like you don't really get spoken about unless you do something extremely negative. But then when you make these big impactful moves, like you're you're the you're the toast of the town. Like, yes, you get that player, but everybody's like, you made that deal. Like, you know what I mean? Like for me, Howie Roseman during the NFL draft, right? It was just like, you did what? Like, okay, I give you a little slack here, and that's it. Cards get Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> yes. I just saw that. Yes. <laughs> Woo! All the people that I said I wanted to get traded have absolutely got traded from the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. That just happened. The Yankees. Oh, that traded is hilarious. Live. Reaction to pitcher, me. Jordan Woo!
0: Montgomery. Uh the Cardinals got him for outfielder Harrison Bader. Uh good defensive center
1: fielder. He's really fast. Um that's wild. That I don't know why they traded Jordan Montgomery. He's, I, he's pretty good. They see the same thing I see, Sam. I have the eye. I have the I eye. Wonder... You just know I see it. Trust your brother. I know you trust me. And I call these things, and I say these things about people, and they just disappear. Boom, poof, gone. You know This, this is, is what happens. From Joel Sherman here, Bader is currently on the DL with
0: plantar fasciitis, but the Yankees have wanted a better defensive center fielder and to get Judge out of center field to protect his legs. Yep. So, very interesting there. Um, Pablo Lopez is staying in Miami. I thought maybe the Yankees were getting Pablo Lopez from the Marlins um, when they trade Montgomery there. So, very interesting. Um,
1: yeah. All right. That's,
0: That's so funny. You don't have to wear about your, uh, Gumby
1: anymore. Literally. Just, you did it, man. Who, what's,
0: what's next? Uh, I, I've jokingly called you Nostradamus <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> uh because now we have a podcast you could put this shit on record but. but
1: I do and it just pans out you know I I mean I don't know um when's, who when's else you like who do yeah. else don't I like I think I I mean the other person that I said that I wanted that I could it's not that I well, I don't like him is Domingo Armand I see them potentially moving him and I see them getting rid of uh and Duhar I liked and Duhar though um because they haven't really given him a shake and going out and getting all these outfielders and not putting them there unless they're going to move them to the infield. If you, I don't see him staying on this team. So yeah. Um, the the recent uh,
0: blunders that Cashman's had have been Gallo. And then years ago when they didn't want to trade Andrew Har and Clint Frazier to the pirates to get Garrett Cole. Yeah. Um, where, when they really could have used Garrett Cole against mm-hmm. the Astros. Mm-hmm. Um, those and now you know Andrew har's left for dead in triple a and and clint frazier's i don't even think he's signed on with the new team being DFA'd no he's out of the North league Cubs. right now so yeah, yeah the, but yeah i hope and har gets a fair shake too he's he's doing well in triple a i
1: agree
0: um but yeah revamped outfield here in new york so i'm excited uh we're gonna skip do you care this week a lot we already talked about um, one thing I'll bring up because I just want to talk about golf for like the fifth week in a row. Uh, Tiger Woods reportedly turned down seven to $800 million um, from the live golf tour. (laughs) Thoughts.
1: That's a lot of damn money. It's a lot, man. Everybody's got a price. That's I mean, that's true. A lot. It's a lot, but good. good I feel like, I feel like they're going to up the ante and be like, all right, Tiger, we're going to do nine. Tiger's gonna be like, give me one Billy, and I'll be there. I think uh, Mickelson got like two hundred million. So yeah, Tiger is different, and especially if Tiger, because they know, they know Tiger is the cash cow here. You pay yeah. Tiger, you get Tiger to come over. Everybody else will follow suit, but I don't think Tiger is going to do that after having such strong words against that. Because I don't think Tiger wants another thing on his uh his his track list um his track record I don't think he wants it so I think Tiger stays put with uh PGA but I think PGA is gonna go out and be like hey Tiger we're gonna do something and kind of pay you yeah. to stay right here too so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that um you you think it's wise to turn down that much money especially this late in his career I mean
0: we've kind of talked about the uh the pitfalls of the live tour right and mm-hmm. and all of that but to think about it. he's not playing a full schedule anyway yep true. and he's certainly not healthy and i guess financially it'd be a great decision for him just if you're just taking it based on money right like mm-hmm. um how many how many events is he gonna play year 15 you know so that's yeah i guess more more details will trickle out there um but that was reported by, I think, Greg Greg Norman's in charge of the live tour, right? Is it Greg Norman? Yeah. I think he was on, like, yep. some yep. cable the news. Show. Yeah. Um, so interesting there. All right. Just wanted to talk about golf for the record, like, fifth week in a row. Uh, that's
1: it. That's our podcast. Anything else, man?
0: Looking forward to anything this week? We skipped over a lot, but, you know.
1: Oh, well, we had a lot, so it was okay. Yeah, um, big week. Look forward to watch episode five and six, as I mentioned before. Um, definitely looking forward to that definitely looking forward to this new roster for a team that already is the best team record wise and, and the uh, MLB, the Yankees. So I'm curious to see what this looks like uh, going forward. I'm curious to see what it looks like with all these players uh, as they settle in um, also Thursday, looking forward to the hall of fame game. Um, so looking forward to that as well. Football's just right around the corner. So can't wait. Um, yeah, man and looking to uh stay cool because it's hot as hell out here how about you sam hey man
0: uh it's humid. it's humid. you're right it's really hot um mm-hmm. i will watch the captain we will get up to date here um yeah just it's a good time of year. training camps back yankees are uh making moves and um all is well in the world right that's it that's our show thank you so much for listening to chasing points podcast uh check us out on instagram at chasing points podcast we have a website too chasingpointspodcast.com uh you know leave us a review on apple or or spotify nice five star rating goes a long way um so for brandon hazelwood i am sam favada thanks so much for listening to Chasing points podcast till next week peace happy birthday mike
1: and shout out to my buddy george uh his wife just gave birth to their second child today uh so shout out to you sending love to both of your way um i have nothing else outside that just want to end on that peaceful note peace love we out